Chapter 10 of Freckles. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elsie Selwyn. Freckles by Jean Stratton Porter. Chapter 10. Wherein Freckles strives mightily and the Swamp Angel rewards him. The bird woman and the angel did not seem to count in the common run, for they arrived on time for the third of the series and found McLean on the line talking to Freckles. The boss was filled up with enthusiasm over a Marsh article of the bird woman's that he just had read. He begged to be allowed to accompany her into the swamp and watch the method by which she secured an illustration in such a location. The bird woman explained to him that it was an easy matter with the subject she then had in hand, and as Little Chicken was too small to be frightened by him, and big enough to be growing troublesome, she was glad for his company. They went to the chicken log together, leaving to the happy freckles the care of the angel, who had brought her banjo and a roll of songs that she wanted to hear him sing. The bird woman told them that they might practice in Freckles' room until she finished with Little Chicken, and then she and McLean would come to the concert. It was almost three hours before they finished and came down the west trail for their rest and lunch. McLean walked ahead, keeping sharp watch on the trail and clearing it of fallen limbs from overhanging trees. He sent a big piece of bark flying into the swale and then stopped short and stared at the trail. The bird woman bent forward. Together they studied the imprint of the angel's foot. At last their eyes met, the bird woman's filled with astonishment and McLean's humid with pity. Neither said a word, but they knew. McLean entered the swale and hunted up the bark. He replaced it, and the bird woman carefully stepped over. As they reached the bushes at the entrance, the voice of the angel stopped them, for it was commanding and filled with much impatience. "'Freckles James Ross McLean,' she was saying, "'you fill me with dark blue despair. You're singing as if your voice were glass and might break at any minute. Why don't you sing as you did a week ago? Answer me that, please.' Freckles smiled confusedly at the angel who sat on one of his fancy seats, playing his accompaniment on her banjo. "'You are a fraud,' she said. "'Here you went last week and led me to think that there was a making of a great singer in you, and now you're singing. Do you know how badly you are singing?' "'Yes,' said Freckles meekly. "'I think and I'm too happy to be singing well today. The music don't come right only when I'm lonesome and sad. The world's for being all sunshine at prison. For among you and Mr. McLean and the bird woman, I'm after being that happy that I can't keep my thoughts on my notes. It's more than sorry I am to be disappointing you. Play it over and I'll be beginning again. This time I'll hold hard. Well, said the angel disgustedly, it seems to me that if I had all the things to be proud of that you have, I'd lift up my head and sing. And what is it I have to be proud of, ma'am? politely inquired Freckles. Why, a whole world full of things, cried the angel explosively. For one thing, you can be good and proud over the way you kept the timber thieves out of this lease and trust your father has in you. You can be proud that you never even once disappointed him or failed on what he believed you could do. You can be proud over the way everyone speaks of you with trust and honor and about how brave of heart and strong of body you are. I heard a big man say a few days ago that the limber laws was full of disagreeable things, positive dangers, unhealthful as it could be, and that since the memory of the first settlers it has been a rendezvous for runaways thieves and murderers this swamp is named for a man that was lost here and wandered round till he starved that man i was talking with said he wouldn't take your job for a thousand dollars a month in fact he said he wouldn't have it for any money and you've never missed a day or lost a tree proud why i should think you should just parade about a proper over that and you can always be proud that you're born an irishman 
my father is irish and if you want to see him get up and strut give him a teeny opening to enlarge on his race he says that if the irish had decent territory they'd lead the world he says they've always been handicapped by lack of space and a fertile soil he says if ireland had been as big and fertile as indiana why england couldn't ever have had the upper hand she'd only been an appendage fancy england an appendage he says ireland has the finest orators and the keenest statesmen in europe today and when england wants to fight with whom does she fill her trenches irishmen of course ireland has the greenest grass and trees the finest stones and lakes and they've jaunting cars i don't know just exactly what they are but ireland has all there are anyway they've a lot of great actors and a few singers and there never was a sweeter poet than one of theirs you should hear my father recite dear harp of my country he does it this way the angel arose making an elaborate old-time bow and holding up the banjo reciting in clipping feet and meter with rhythmic swing and a touch of brogue that was simply irresistible dear harp of my country the angel ardently clasped the banjo in darkness i found thee she held it to the light the cold chain of silence had hung over thee long she muted the strings with her rosy palm then proudly my own irish harp i unbound thee she threw up her head and swept a ringing harmony and gave all thy chords to light freedom and song she crashed into the notes of the accompaniment she had been playing for freckles that's what you've been thinking of she cried not darkness and lonesomeness and sadness but light freedom and song i can't begin to think offhand of all the big splendid things an irishman has to be proud of but whatever they are they are all yours and you are a part of them i just despise that saddest when i sing business you can sing now you go over there and do it ireland has had her statesmen warriors actors and poets now you be her voice you stand right over there before the cathedral door and i'm going to come down the aisle playing that accompaniment and when i stop in front of you you sing the angel's face wore an unusual flush her eyes were flashing and she was palpitating with earnestness she parted the bushes and disappeared freckles straight and tense stood waiting presently when he saw she was there she was coming down the aisle toward him playing compellingly and rifts of light were touching her with golden glory freckles stood as if transfixed the cathedral was majestically beautiful from arched dome of fresco gold green and blue and never-ending shades and harmonies to the mosaic aisle she trod richly inlaid in choicest colors and gigantic pillars that were god's handiwork fashioned and perfected through ages of sunshine and rain but the fair young face and divinely moulded form of the angel was his most perfect work of all never had she appeared so surpassingly beautiful she was smiling encouragingly now and as she came toward him she struck the chords full and strong the heart of poor freckles almost burst with dull pain in his great love for her in his desire to fulfil her expectations he forgot everything else and when she reached his initial chord he was ready he literally burst forth three little leaves of irish green united on one stem love truth and valour do they mean they form a magic gem the angel's eyes widened curiously and her lips parted a deep colour swept into her cheeks she had intended to arouse him she had more than succeeded she was too young to know that in an effort to rouse a man women frequently kindle fires that they can neither quench nor control freckles was looking over her head now and singing that song as if it had never been sung before for her alone and instead of her helping him as she had intended he was carrying her with him on the waves of his voice away away into another world when he struck into the chorus wide-eyed and panting she was swaying toward him and playing with all her might oh do you love oh say you love you love the shamrock green at the last note freckles voice ceased and he looked at the angel 
He had given his best and his all. He fell on his knees and folded his arms across his breast. The angel, as if magnetized, walked straight down the aisle to him, and running her fingers into the crisp masses of his red hair, tilted his head back and laid her lips on his forehead. Then she stepped back and faced him. "'Good boy!' she said in a voice that wavered from the throbbing of her shaken heart. "'Dear boy, I knew you could do it. I knew it was in you. Freckles, when you go into the world, if you can face a big audience and sing like that just once, you will be immortal, and anything you want will be yours.' "'Anything?' gasped Freckles. "'Anything,' said the angel. Freckles arose, muttered something, and, catching up his old bucket, plunged into the swamp blindly on a pretense of bringing water. The angel walked slowly across the study, sat on the rustic bench, and, through narrowed lids, intently studied the tip of her shoe. On the trail, the bird-woman wheeled to McLean with a dumbfounded look. "'God!' muttered he. At last, bird-woman spoke. "'Do you think the angel knew she did that?' she asked softly. "'No,' said McLean. "'I do not. But the poor boy knew it. Heaven help him!' The bird-woman stared across the gently waving swale. "'I don't see how I'm going to blame her,' she said at last. "'It's so exactly what I would have done myself.' "'Say the remainder,' demanded McLean hoarsely. "'Do him justice.' "'He was born a gentleman,' conceded the bird-woman. "'He took no advantage. He never even offered to touch her. "'Whatever that kiss meant to him, he recognized that it was the loving impulse of a child under stress of strong emotion. "'He was as fine and manly as any man ever could have been.' "'McLean lifted his head.' "'Thank you,' he said simply, and parted the bushes for her to enter Freckles' room. It was her first visit. Before she left, she sent for her cameras and made studies of each side of it and of the cathedral. She was entranced with the delicate beauty of the place, while her eyes kept following Freckles as if she could not believe that could be his conception and work. That was a happy day. The bird woman had brought a lunch, and they spread it with Freckles' dinner on the study floor and sat resting and enjoying themselves. But the angel put her banjo into its case, silently gathered her music, and no one mentioned the concert. The bird woman left McLean and the angel to clear away the lunch, and with freckles examined the walls of his room, and told him all she knew about his shrubs and flowers. She analyzed a cardinal flower and showed him what he had wanted to know all summer, why the bees buzzed ineffectually around it while the hummingbirds found it an ever-ruddy feast. Some of the specimens were so rare that she was unfamiliar with them, and with the flower book between them they knelt studying the different varieties. She wandered the length of the cathedral aisle with him, and it was at her suggestion that he lighted his altar with a row of flaming foxfire. As Freckles came to the cabin from his long day at the swamp, he saw Mrs. Chicken sweeping to the south and wondered where she was going. He stepped into the bright, cozy little kitchen, and as he reached down the wash basin, he asked Mrs. Duncan a question. Mother Duncan, do kisses wash off? So warm a wave swept her heart that a half-flush mantled her face. She straightened her shoulders and glanced at her hands tenderly. "'Lord, nah, Freckles,' she cried. "'At least the ain't you get from people ye love, dinna. They dinna stay on the outside. They strike in until they find the center of your heart and make their stopping place there. And naething can take them from ye. I doubt if even death. Nah, lad, ye can be reet sure. The kisses dinna wash off.' Freckles set the basin down and muttered as he plunged his hot, tired face into the water. I needn't be afraid of washing then, for that one struck in. End of chapter 10